Amen. Thank you very much. Oh, I forgot to turn that thing on. Was Here, turn this. I don't want to be blind. Um, so we have a special guest with us today. We have Christine McLaughlin. She's here uh, from the Ivory Coast. She's on the last leg of her furlough. She's been in the U.S. for about a year. And so she's um, going to be giving us a report on the mission field and how things are going there. I want to just give you a heads up. I do want to give you folks an opportunity to ask any questions that may come up. And so uh, anyway, if uh, you have any questions, if you would hold those to the end of our video presentation, then we'll take those. I'll go around with a mic and you can ask her. You can come up here, Christine. Yeah, It's great to have you here. Well, good morning. First of all, I'd just like to thank you all just for welcoming me so warmly into your church. Um, we've had this meeting on the calendar for over a year, have, have just been looking forward to it and praying towards it, and now it's good to be back in your church. Uh, we as missionaries visit a lot of churches. We really do when we're back in the States, and um, your church has always had just a very special place in my heart, and every time I, I come, I'm just always touched and encouraged by just your love and your care for people. That's just always is so evident in your church, and so it's, it's so good to be back. And have just really enjoyed getting to know um, your pastor and his wife last night and getting to fellowship with them and get to know their children. And so it's just so neat to be back in your ministry here. Um, but really, when you're on the mission field, um, the Lord has given me the joy of serving him in Ivory Coast for the last seven years. And when you're on the mission field, really words cannot express um, how much it means to have a missions-minded church such as your church with me because... Every person the Lord has allowed us to be saved really is because of you all, because of your prayers, because of your support, and that means a lot when you're on the mission field. And so just briefly, just to, just to share with you all some of the fruit as well as the direction the Lord is leading us in, um, as a nurse, I'm working with the Bob Mack family, just one family in the southern part of Ivory Coast, and the Lord's led us to work with the Abrier tribe. If you Google them, if you look them up at all, what you'll find is they're known to be one of the most hostile and closed groups to outsiders. It's just what they're known for. And so two missionaries tried to reach this group with the gospel, and the chiefs, they, they weren't at all interested, wouldn't let them in to do soul winning or hand out tracts. And so really it was the Lord who gave us the idea of going with medical missions. And from day one, the chiefs have always let us go in, and I just load up my SUV with medical supplies. We go in, take care of people when they have malaria or simple infections. And they've known that we're missionaries, and so they let us also share the gospel at the same time. And so it's been really just exciting to see the Lord use medicine to open up villages that were closed through these last years. And we've seen hundreds of people saved. I can't, The last full year before I left for furlough, I was on the field. We saw directly 178 people saved from these medical evangelistic days. And then we see a lot more fruit actually in the follow-up. And that's something I've learned through the years is I guess I'm kind of an optimist by nature. And so I used to think, I went to the mission, I used to think, okay, I could have someone come to see me who's very sick with malaria, has a fever, and is not feeling well at all. And and I could help them medically, and, and they get saved the same day. I used to get all half at the same time. <laughs> and sometimes it does. Sometimes um, it does happen that way where we pray for these days, and people are ready, their hearts are open. Did you want to trade? Okay, let's go. no problem. Let's go ahead and trade. And so some, sometimes, or I can just talk loud. <laughs> um, 
And so sometimes it does happen that way. We go into villages and people are ready. The Lord prepares hearts. They're ready to be saved that day. But what I, what the Lord has just taught me is that any medical ministry has got to have a strong follow-up. And that's where you really see a lot of the fruit. And so every person that we see in the villages, we fill out a, a spiritual questionnaire. And those become our guides for the follow-up. And so um, we just praise the Lord for that. Really, we're doing simple medicine and what we say is if we can just do that, but if in doing that we can introduce you to the great physician, then that will last forever. So that's really our hearts there. And so now we've been primarily in the south. And just before I left the Ivory Coast for furlough, one of our national pastors who Bob Mack works closely with came to see me. He said, you know, you know, Christine, I have a very similar situation in my city of Ume to your situation in Bangerville where I can start a city church like Bob Mack has started a city church, but I can't get into any villages. The chiefs just won't let me in in this region. So he said, is there any way you could come with a medical team to help open up this area for the gospel? And so I told him, Pastor, that, that's, that's my heart. That's why I'm here. And so we're praying towards that, and really that will be the start of a whole new ministry and working more into, into the interior, more in the north, in areas where, to our knowledge, no one has ever been with the gospel. And so would really appreciate your prayers, and we just, um, by the Lord's grace, want to work hard and do all we can do to spread the gospel there in that area. So now we'll go ahead and share the, the video, so that will show a little bit more about the ministry. But please feel free to stop by, pick up a prayer card, and I'll be glad to talk with you all later. There are places where the gospel has never been heard. People untouched by the word of God. How many are there? How many are unreached? Over one billion people worldwide have no opportunity to hear the gospel. No Bible, no church, no access to the good news. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't hear. They are totally lost. Some live in villages in Cotivar. West Africa. Cotivar is only about the size of our state of New Mexico, but its people are divided into 62 different ethnic groups. Each group has its own language, tradition, and hesitations regarding foreigners. Many of these are inaccessible or hard to find. About half are illiterate. These wait to hear of Christ. Most Ivorians claim to be either Catholic or Muslim, but whatever their religion, it's said that 95% of Ivorians believe in animism. They fear water spirits. They worship the dead. Animism, or witchcraft, is so much a part of their tradition that it is woven into the very fiber of who Ivorians are. I remember when I first came to West Africa, seeing the many people who needed Christ. I thought that maybe medicine could be used of God to open village doors. This is exactly what has taken place during my first term. I arrived as a nurse in 2009 to work with missionaries Bob and Becky Mack in Southern Ivory Coast, known as Cote d'Ivoire, 100 miles from the equator. The Lord led us to the Avrier tribe. This tribe is known as one of the most hostile and closed tribes to outsiders. Traditionally, the Avery people allow only three churches into their villages, the Catholic Church, the Methodist Church, and the African denomination, the Harris Church, which adds animism to a works-based salvation. But why is this? 
This is because none of these three religions speak out against animistic practices. So they can go to church and continue in witchcraft. Missionary Bob Mack planted a church ministering to the Abriers in the city of Bangerville in 2000. At that same time, he attempted to reach the neighboring Abriers villages. However, he wasn't allowed in. They said, we have our religion. No access was permitted, but the young church began to pray, Lord, grant us access to the Abriers villages. Answered prayer began to unfold. Mr. Bougueray, the Abriers mayor of Bangerville, requested that missionary Bob Mack begin a clinic as part of his ministry. Chapitre 3, et verset 16. Ici, peut-être que vous savez déjà, la Bible nous dit, Car Dieu a tant aimé le monde qu'il a donné son Fils unique, afin que quiconque croit en lui ne périsse point, mais qu'il ait la vie éternelle. Beginning in 2007, the Lord sent us medical teams from the States. Again, we approached the Abriers village leadership. Could we come care for your people? Access was granted. This is how the Lord gave us the idea of using simple medicine to open villages for Christ. We saw 103 decisions of salvation. And now three Abriers villages are fully open to us. Anna, Sabia Yao, and Brabo. We went to share the love of Christ through medical care. Hearts softened, doors opened, and villagers began making decisions for Christ. We then realized that we needed a means of discipling them, so we began a Saturday village visitation program in January 2012. These visits quickly grew into Bible studies. One Saturday, we were in the village of Brebo when Mireille, one of our Sunday school teachers, asked me, could we begin a ministry to teach the Bible to children? We asked ourselves where to begin, and she told me, well, to start with creation. So that's what we did. Bible clubs were started in two villages with 75 to 150 young villagers now learning the Bible. We knew that the children would welcome the Bible club ministry as no village church has a children's ministry. But I did not expect the result that we saw from their parents. They followed their children out of curiosity and sat close enough to hear. We quickly learned that the Bible Club ministry is effective in reaching not only children, but also village families for Christ. Kadi, a lady in our church, and I began visiting our village ladies on Mondays for the twofold goal of building village relationships and discipling new believers. These visits quickly became ministry highlights as it was so enjoyable to visit these dear ladies in their homes. Just before my return to the States, Kadi and I visited five village ladies. Four of the five shared with us how they'd made personal decisions to trust Christ as their Savior. Elise was one of the first villagers reached 
in the village of Anna. He used to sell fetishes. His father is a witch doctor. Elise was our first villager to be saved and baptized. This has been an exciting first term for me. In planning for the future, my goals for the second term are to further church planning through medical care, in other words, using my nursing skills to open closed doors. With the local church in Bangerville, we will continue integrating nationals into the village ministry and assist in the planting of more independent Baptist village churches. Thank you for the tremendous part you have in reaching the Ivorian people for Christ. There are still so many more people to reach. Students, villagers, children, men and women, they all need Christ. I typically drive a 4x4 SUV to the villages once or twice each week. Driving over the dirt roads can be quite challenging, especially during the rainy season. This SUV is very strategic to the village ministry. Pray for the Lord to bring more Ivorians to Him as I serve in Cote d'Ivoire. Pastor asked if I could take some questions, so maybe something during the presentation or the video that you're curious about. I'd be glad to answer. Okay. Um, I have one <laughs> to start off. Um, you mentioned the medical days, some kind of special day for medical things. If you could talk about what is a typical medical day, whatever sure. you call it, how you know how does that start from beginning okay. to end? Um, is there preaching during that, or right. you know, if you c okay. and maybe what kind of patients you see during that time? Sure, good question about the medical evangelistic days. So basically, when there's an area that we like to see open for Christ, what we do is we we go ahead and meet with the chief and we schedule what we call a medical evangelistic day. And, and usually these are announced through the radio system. So a lot of times we have people from that village as well as from neighboring villages come for that. And a village, people ask, how big is a village? A village is anywhere from 500 to 2,000 people. So they can be very large villages. And, and so we go ahead and start the Village Evangelistic Day. Um, we start to coordinate for that. And we have a good group of Ivorians, about 15 to 20, that we've trained to run these for us. And so they're out of our main city church, Bangerville Church. And so I started a sign-up sheet, and we organize our people into five different groups. We have registration, and we have circulation, just getting people from point A to point B. Then we have the medical consultation. That's where I work along with our doctor. And then we have a pharmacy, and so our Ivorians run a pharmacy. And then we have the evangelism team, and that's really exciting. And so we always start with open-air preaching. So usually Bob Mack will give a clear plan of salvation message while people are waiting underneath tents. We rent circus tents because it's so hot there. And then we start with open-air preaching. And then we start seeing the patients, 
And after we do a consultation on them medically, while they're waiting for their medicines, we have a second waiting area, and that's where the one-on-one um, like evangelism takes place, is in that second waiting area, because they're waiting for their medicines. And so that, that's when we go ahead and go through that one-on-one with them and, and fill out that spiritual questionnaire at the same time. And then my favorite part of, of a medical evangelistic day is afterwards going through those questionnaires and seeing who got saved. And, and we, we also have them mark what is a good day to visit them. And that be, those become our follow-up for visitation. And a lot of times people are ready. One time we were, we were packing up for one of these medical evangelistic days, and a villager said, you know what, I'd seen that the truth wasn't in this village, so I was praying for someone to come with the truth. And he got saved that day. So we just praise the Lord for that. Um, so that, that's how the med, that's a good question. That's how the medical evangelistic days work. And so, through the years, Lord has allowed us to develop a really good system. So that's what we're looking towards bringing to the interior and up more up north in the future. So. So you said you use a questionnaire. Right. General questions, and then it gets a little bit more specific right. about their right. spiritual relationship with the Lord. General, their name, their phone number, their travel group, um, what religion they are, what they claim is their religion. And then their beliefs, like, what do you believe about Jesus Christ? And that kind of helps you gear into how to present the gospel with them. And if they're interested in learning more, um, if, they've ever, if they have ever read a Bible, th- just things like that. It's about eight questions or so on it. And then the last one is, did they get saved that day? And, and sometimes they, they do, right there, get saved. So, Any questions that you guys have? A.B.? How is the, the language barrier affected uh, your mission? Sure, sure. How's the language barrier affected? The the Ivory Coast is a French speaking country, so it was settled by the French, and we, we really thank the Lord for that because a lot of times in Africa there are a lot of tribal dialects, and so it can take a lot of time to to learn a tribal dialect and then to translate into it. But we have a a good French Bible that's comparable to our King James that we use, and so it, it is. So we can minister to I would say 75 to 80 percent of our people are French fluent. So we can minister to them in French. Um, the other 20, 25% are your older people. And you go into villages, sometimes there are people you'll see and they won't understand French. And so you have to minister to them in their tribal dialect. So each, there are 62 different tribal groups and they do all have their own tribal language too. So, But for the most part, we can minister in French, which that, that's a real blessing in Africa, really. So, yeah. Hey, we got one back here. <laughs> Two of them. How hot is it there? How hot is it there? It, it's pretty hot. <laughs> it can get well over 110, up to 120. And, of course, we're right on the ocean, so the humidity is also very high. And well, what we like to say is it's, it's, it's hot, hotter, or very hot. And sometimes we rate how hot the days are by how many showers we take in one day. <laughs> Our, our hottest time of the year is actually Christmas, so it's exactly opposite of here. It's, and so mm-hmm. it is very hot. How do you remember everybody's name? How do you remember? That's a good question. You know, it's, sometimes I don't remember everyone's name, but when, when you're there, you, you learn them. Like you would here in your church, you get to know your people, and God gives you a love for them, and you learn their name and visit them. So. <laughs> Um, how much snakes are there? How many snakes? Boys always like to ask about snakes in Africa. <laughs> we have a lot of snakes. We, we don't have the, 
it's called the Ivory Coast. And when, so when I first arrived there on a survey trip, I asked them, where are your elephants? This is the Ivory Coast. And they said, oh, Christine, we don't have any more elephants. So they may have a few on reservations in the north, but we don't have any of the big game animals you think about in Africa. We have a lot of snakes. We have black mambas, green mambas, um, spitting cobras and vipers, pythons. We have quite a few snakes. And then we do have just a lot of lizards, which um, we're thankful for them because they eat the mosquitoes that cause malaria. So malaria is our number one diagnosis. And then we do have typhoid fever and hepatitis. And, of course, AIDS you think of in Africa, too. So, mm-hmm. What's the dangerous animal? What's the most dangerous animal? It, we talked about this, and I enjoyed having your children in Sunday school. We talked about the most dangerous animal in Africa, and it's the hippo. hippo. The hippopotamus is the most dangerous. Probably an ivory coast would be the snake, but... <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, sir. Do, do these villages have trades that connect them to other villages? Do, do they do right. Right. Do they have trades that connect themselves to other villages? They do. Certain, certain villages are more known for producing achike, which, which is it, it's, a, it's a grain that they produce from a legume, like a potato. And so this group is known for producing really good achike. There's actually a tribal group that's known for their mourning. They're professional mourners. So when there's a funeral, they hire this tribal group to mourn. It, it's very interesting. And so they do have, and there are certain tribal groups that still use masks. So they're more to the west, and they use mass in their celebrations and tribal groups. So they, they are known for certain things for sure. Um, every tribal group has a different weave. I have two of them on my display table, but a different weave or fabric, and that identifies them. And so whenever you really get to know them as a missionary, when you become friends, they start, when they start to give you their fabric, it's like you become part of them, part of their tribe. And so every group has their own weave too. So, hmm what are the dangers in that area? Right. Yes, that, that's a very good question. Um, the, the number one danger to us as Americans is probably stealing. So just because there's such a difference between us, there's a very small um, higher class and a very large lower class. Um, but I think it's just you just have to pray through it and the Lord protects you and you just have to be really smart. And so we have high cement walls around all of our houses and I have two German shepherds guard dogs and then I do also have a night guard at night too at the house and so I've never had a problem with all that and then you just don't go places alone as a single lady so I always bring a group into the villages and I mean you want to train your nationals that makes sense you always go with a group into the villages national events I mean hasn't our world changed a lot in one year it's just amazing and actually if, if you look at the hot zones for radical Islam in West Africa, we, we several of the countries border us, and so it's really it's moving in. We, we haven't had any trouble with our, our our Muslims in the past, so the Ivory Coast is 50% Catholic, about 30% Islamic, and really what you can do is divide the country north and south. The south is more Catholic, the north is more Islamic, because you're moving towards the Sahara Desert, and so. And so, and so really up until this point, they, they've been very peaceful. Because even though they're Muslim, they're still African. Africans are very warm, caring people. And we did have our first radical Islamic attack in March this year. And so that was about 30 minutes from where we live. So we think right now it was an isolated event. 
Um, the American Embassy is only 30 minutes from us, so we, we keep in touch with them as far as their, what they, um, the rec- their recommendations. But that, honestly, that has given us an urgency as missionaries to do as much as we can to further the gospel while we can be there. So uh, we don't feel threatened right now, and I know the Lord um, wants me to go back for sure, has me a peace about that. Um, but we'll watch for the future. So please pray for us. Pray that the Lord would allow us to um, bring the gospel where it hasn't gone yet. So, yeah. Thank you. I really don't know how to word this, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm interested in um, the education level there as compared to, well, like us, for example, do they have high school, do they have school Right, the edu- what's the educational system like? It it actually is very comparable to our system in the U.S. because it's, it's it was um, modeled after the the French system, and so they have 12 grades. They have a an ACT SAT test called the BAC that they have to pass before going on to college. Um, they do have colleges. The the main difference is the lack of opportunity, and so you can have a lot of students who go through high school but then they just won't have the opportunities to go to college just because there's not as many open doors as here, opportunities. Um, the, the government is really pushing for education, and so it's completely free. It, it's, elementary school is free up, in, up, until, up through the sixth grade, everything. Their school books, their uniforms, everything is totally free. Starting seventh grade, they just rent the books, so it's very minimal. They don't have to buy their books. So um, they really encourage... Um, them to, to go to school. The literacy rate's about 50%, so about 50% literacy rate, and um, and the Lord has just led our, as a part of our ministry, we, we, we have a liter- literacy program, because we realized that um, a lot of people that were illiterate in our town were the Muslims, and so the Lord has allowed us to reach them through the li- li- literacy program when they want to learn to read and write, so that's been a blessing. But it's very, it's actually, Ivory Coast in West Africa Ivory Coast is one of the more advanced countries in West Africa. Um, the, 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 the port in Ivory Coast is the second largest in Africa after South Africa. And so as far as, West, it's really a leader in education and the economy. So, yeah. All right. I think we, we got two. Okay, we'll just do two more questions and then that'll be it. Huh. Do you guys eat lots of bugs? We eat lots of bugs. You know, that's a good question. You know what? When I first went to Africa, I packed my suitcase full of granola bars. What if the missionaries eat bugs? (laughs) But we don't. um, You know, honestly, I I cook pretty much American. We can get, we're only 30 minutes from our capital city, and there's a grocery store there that's like a Walmart, and so we can get pretty much whatever you'd want to cook from scratch. Now, you can't get a lot of your cereals, your cake mixes, your ready-made mixes, but you can cook from scratch American. So we don't. The most interesting thing I've eaten is probably a viper. So I've had that in a village. But it's actually not bad. It was good. So anyway, well, thank you so much. And I'll, Oh, yes. Has anyone died of heat stroke that you know of? That, not that I know of. Has anyone died of heat stroke? Not that I know of. Um, but I'm sure it can be dangerous, but... Thank you so much, Christine. And I just want to encourage all of you that, you know, think about how the Lord has gifted you and where God has placed you. And uh, you can serve the Lord with the talents he's given you. Uh, in regards to A.B.'s question about language, isn't it a blessing to have a Bible in our own language? We don't have to learn another language to read God's word. Such a blessing. Remind me of that fact. Gary? 